the 11 to 1 show. It's never nice thinking about when we might die, but no matter if you're in your 20s or your 70s, it's extremely important that you make will and ensure your loved ones are looked after when you die. As it's a new year, perhaps we should put making a will on the top of our list of priorities. Once again, Solicitor Elaine Byrne from At The Boy is with us. She has so many years experience, loads of years experience helping people from all walks of life make a will. And I'm delighted to have her back on the line. How are you getting on, Elaine? Hi Sinead, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Great to have you back. So the first thing, getting stuck into this straight away, do we have to make a will? Like, you know, do we have a choice in this? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely Sinead. So we absolutely have a choice. So I suppose we can make a will or not. Now the only proviso that I would say is that we do have to have capacity to make our will so I do a lot of work with the Alzheimer's Society, Sinead, so it's probably something that's to the forefront of my mind. So I suppose if any of us, if we think that we want to make a will, it probably is good to do it when we're able because we don't necessarily know what's around the corner. And so it's under it's Section 77 of our Succession Act, so it provides, we, the, the wording is that we must have be of sound disposing mind to make okay. a will. Okay, so this this is what you're saying in, in terms of, you know, later we don't know what's going on, so it's good to get this done now, but look at, you know, what happens then if you don't have a will? What's going to happen then? Yeah, so if for whatever reason we don't have a will, what happens then, Sinead, is that we look to our Succession Act. So there's a set of rules then that determine what happens to our property. So let's say, for example, you know, a married person, maybe with a spouse and children and property in that person's sole name. So two thirds would go to the spouse and then one third would go to the children. Say another example, maybe Sinead, so if we had a single person without children, the parents are deceased. So that estate then would go to brothers and sisters and maybe issue of a predeceased brother or sister. Now, just for listeners, um, th- so these rules of intestacy, so these apply to our property and our sole name. Okay. Say, for example, if we have something in joint names, and look, many of us to get a mortgage, it's going to have to be in joint names. So if we hold it as joint tenants, it's going to pass to that other person automatically. Okay. So that can be another good thing to do you know, possibly to put property into joint names, maybe as we become older, can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so as you say there, you've got uh, you've got the uh, survivorship, so joint names, that's fantastic. That's that's a really good idea for people. I would say nine times out of, I'd say most people will have houses in their in their in their own in, in joint names, which is good. Um and then so say then if, for example, uh, both parents are, are, are dead, what happens then if there's if there's no will? Yeah, so yeah, I would say I'd say definitely for younger couples, maybe mm. property is in joint names. I would say maybe for older couples, I'd say you'd be surprised. Uh, I would find now a lot of property would be, and I suppose being honest, it's probably traditionally in the the man's name. Okay. Um. So um. So just you know, or sometimes for tax reasons, it can you know be better if you're inheriting a property. It can be better for it to go into one person's name. Okay. So you can just check the deeds. 
But we'll say, like, I suppose, even if we have property and joint names, you know, I think it's still good to make a will. So I thought it would be useful, Sinead, maybe if we just set about, so if we decide or if any listener decides that, you know, they want to make a will, just the five things that would be needed. And look, this is needed, I suppose, if we've, you know, 5,000 in the bank or if we're very extremely lucky and have far more, it's going to be the same five things. So number one, Sinead, is that we'll need our ID and our address verification. So just to say who we are. Number two, then, is if there's a previous will. And this is really important, Sinead, because we'll say if somebody, you know, goes to a solicitor and, you know, if there's a huge difference in the wills, so in the previous will, everything was left to Sinead. And in yeah. the new will, everything is left to John. You know, the, the solicitor is going to have to ask, you know, why, why is there such a change? Okay. And, Number three, then, is our family circumstances. And particularly, so if any of us are separated or divorced, it's really, really important for the solicitor to see all of those legal papers. Um, also, you know, if we've children, if they've any special needs or any, any additional needs. Okay. Number four, then, Sinead, is our assets. That this might be a very short list, or it could be a longer <laughs> list. It will be short. It'll be short if it's me, Elaine. <laughs> um, and number five, then, and look, I suppose most importantly, then, is uh, your wishes. So, what do we want to happen on our passing? So, who's going to get what? Who are we going to appoint as executor? And how will everything be divided? And I like that you have included here as well any funeral wishes, which I think is really important because that was something that kind of came up for our family quite recently. And it was kind of a a, it was interesting to see that there was actually wishes put in place for different things. So that's quite a a key thing, too. Yeah, it it is. Absolutely. Now, I do always say to people to just make sure to tell your family and your executor, because I suppose sometimes you know, if somebody say was to pass maybe on a Friday evening. Yeah. You know, the will might nest. You know, and then there's a bank holiday or something. So the will, you know, our our funerals here take place so quickly that the will might necessarily be seen on time. But so just to tell the family and tell the executor. But it is really useful, and especially maybe if there's a disagreement within the family as to what should happen. Okay. If there is something in writing you know, that's the end of the disagreement. These are the people's wishes. So absolutely, it's useful. Fantastic. Okay, so you're going to give us some real kind of life examples here. So we have Niall and uh, Niall is married to Lindsay. Tell me about Niall. Okay, so yeah, Niall is married to Lindsay and they have three young children. Niall and Lindsay live beside Vivertionade in Drahada. The family home is in joint names. They have a mortgage against that. But Niall then also has a house in Stamullen. So he bought that before he got married and that's in his sole name. Okay. So for the family home there in Drogheda, so as we said earlier, so that's in joint name. So that's going to pass to Lindsay. So they're happy with that. Um, Now, Niall, it's important for him then to have his will because the house in Stamullen is in his sole name. Okay. But really what they're really concerned about is these three lovely little children who are all very young and they're worried, what if something happens, both of them, at the same time? Mm -hmm. So what Niall might consider is he might consider making his will maybe with two parts. So in part A, 
he might decide to leave everything to Lindsay and then vice versa. And in the part B of the will, then they're going to provide, OK, what happens on the death of the survivor? or What happens if something happens to both of us? So from the property point of view, all of the children are under 18. So they're not going to be able to access any accounts or anything. Yeah. So they're going to provide a trust or they might provide a trust and they might appoint trustees and those people will look after everything for those children until they're maybe 21 or something. Okay, okay. And then the other really important thing, Sinead, is like who's going to look after those little children on a day-to-day basis and bring them to school and all the rest. So they might consider appointing a testamentary guardian who would be able to look after them. Okay, and this could be somebody, it could be anybody, say, from, say, the the godparents of the children to grandparents, maybe, if the grandparents are still around, to friends of the family. This can be at the sole kind of discretion of the parents. Yeah, absolutely. I would say maybe, you know, the parents might have a discussion with whoever they're thinking of, because I suppose if it happened, it would be, it would be huge. But yeah, somebody that they're really, really happy with and that they know would look after the children well. Fantastic. We're getting a message here, a voice note message on WhatsApp on 86 658 This is from Eugene. Here's his question for you, Elaine. Okay. Hi, Eugene and Doc. Just questions about wills. I recently went into a solicitor to ask about a will because I wanted to create a will with uh, not a standard that would say with a right of tenants, a right of residency for a relation. They were saying that they only do standard wills and that to do that, you'd have to go to Dublin. So what's the benefit of writing a will with a local solicitor if it's going to just be a standard will compared to um, properties just transferring through the normal course without a will if it's just going to be just your kids, etc.? Okay, interesting question there, Elaine. Okay, yes, yes. Thanks to Eugene for that. Yes, absolutely. I suppose what I would say is that Say as solicitors, we would all specialise in different areas. So Eugene's solicitor is probably an absolute quiz, for example, on personal injuries or something, but maybe wills aren't necessarily their their area of speciality. Okay. So there are lots of local solicitors. Uh, I feel this is a bit of a shameless plug for our ourselves here today, <laughs> but we... Um, so we, I, I actually think we're the only firm outside of Dublin who... Uh, specialise exclusively in this area. So we just work actually in probate and wills and trusts and power of attorney. So say for Eugene here, what, you know, he might then consider making his will. So he gives the house to X. It's subject to and charged with a right of residence for Y. And even just to future proof it. So sometimes what we would see here is that there can be disagreements then now, who's going to pay the local property tax? Who's going to fix the roof? So Eugene, in his will, you know, he might put a note then dealing with that just so that it, it works out, you know, and the two, the person with the right of residence and the person who ultimately owns the house, that there's no disagreements between them. So, but absolutely, like, there's loads of wonderful local solicitors specialising in wills. Okay, so that's the that's that's where that he should go to go to somebody that's specialising absolutely like yourself, like yourself, Elaine. Absolutely, get the book in there. (laughs) (laughs) So we have Roisin. This is our other example. Roisin is a Navin, and she has a partner of ten years, Sean. 
Yes. So, look, I think this is really important because lots of us choose not to get married. So, yeah, so Roshan here, as you say, so she's in Navin. She's been with Sean for 10 years. Now, they don't have children together. Sean has two boys from a previous relationship. The house is in Sean's name, but Roshan has spent lots of money doing it up and uh, refurbishing it, and they have separate bank accounts. So, for Roshan and Sean, it's really important to realise and appreciate that they're in a really different position to a married couple, just from a legal point of view. So, if Sean passed away, Roisin, she wouldn't be his next of kin. She wouldn't have any entitlements in his estate. So everything, the house, everything would go to the two boys. Okay. Now, some listeners might have heard we have a 2010 Act. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's called the Civil Partnership and Certain Rights and Obligations of Cohabitants Act of 2010. Now, so there is provision whereby Roisin could apply to court for provision Look, none of us want to be in court. So Roisin and Sean, so they might consider making wills and making provision for each other so that there's some security if something happens to the other. Now, the only difficulty is just in relation to tax. Mm. because So again, if we're married, there's no tax. If we're not married, say like Roisin and Sean here, tax is a big consideration. So I think it would be so definitely... I suppose they're going to need to take lots of, you know, advice, maybe tax advice. There is just a good exemption. It's called dwelling house exemption for any listener. Okay. Maybe in a situation like Roisin and Sean. Uh, so that could be really useful. But just, yeah, you definitely make wills and definitely get good tax advice. Fantastic. We are getting another uh, WhatsApp message here, an audio, if you want to listen to this one, Elaine. Have you time for one more? Yeah, you're the boss, Shanice, so yeah. <laughs> I think we do, I think we do. Okay, this is coming in from uh, Paula, here it is. Good morning, or good afternoon, Sinead. Please, could uh, leave me anonymous. Uh, I'd just like to know from your solicitor if uh, a, a member of the family has made a will, and uh, how long after the death is it acceptable to go and have it read, and then how long does the whole process take? Does it have to go to probation, etc.? Thank you. There you go. Uh, So how long after somebody has died does it normally take, Elaine? Yes. So in terms of the reading of the will, there isn't any statutory provision that says it has to be a certain amount of time. But I suppose I, we would tend to wait maybe till after the month's mind as was just out of respect to the person, you know. Yeah. And um, so after the month's mind then to, to start with the will and start with the whole process. So in relation to the process then, probate, uh, I would take usually, you know, maybe 12 months, that type of time. Now it depends, I suppose, if the person, if it's a larger estate, if they had more assets, it's going to take a little bit longer and a smaller estate, about 12 months. Okay, good to know. That's good to know. And and yeah. in terms of people who, you know, disagree or, or attest it will, like sort of what happens there uh, in terms of that? Can people who say were left out of a will, can they argue their case? And is that sort of a long process? So, yes, the contestant will, yeah, it's a really long process. What I would say, and like we, so we would do a lot of 
complex wills here. And look, there's very few families like the Waltons where everything yeah. is perfect. So, you know, if there is a difficulty in the family, you know, or a black sheep or whatever, I think it's extra important to do a will. And say we, uh, the solicitor, will take really, really careful attendance notes. So if somebody, you know, calls to the office and, you know, they are, you know, quite a large estate and most of it, say, is going to one child and there's a total breakdown of a relationship with the other child or there's some difficulty, the solicitor will take really careful attendance notes. Why is the will being made like this? Is the person under pressure? Have they capacity? So that if down the line, if it's contested, you know, these notes then can be shown, look, this all of this was discussed with the testator and these are the wishes and these okay. wishes should be abided by. Okay, okay, that's great to know. Uh, Elaine, thank you as always for all of that great advice and information. If people want to contact you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, look, we would be delighted, Sinead. So we're in at Boy, love beautiful like Boy. Our phone number is 046 and our email is info at elainebarnsolicitors.ie. Elaine, thank you so much as always for joining us on the show with all that great advice. And we'll talk to you again soon, please God. Thank you, Sinead. Thanks Take a care. million. Bye now. Bye. Bye bye. Elaine Byrne there. I have the details here if you want them. Info at elainebarnsolicitors.ie. That's the email address or the phone number 046 9404 treble one and we leave them here at reception if anyone has uh, any queries on that if you do have a question as well for Elaine get in touch with me still I can pass them on to her 086 658 The 11 to 1 show